This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I let's just say that the Christmas spirit has bypassed uh, this old this old chunk of coal this year. <laughs> I am a I am a ghost of Christmas past. Let's just say that. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I don't even know how to explain the week that I've had. Ethan and I separately had the worst very week. bad weeks, yeah. but together. But together. We we shared in the suffering as one without even really as, knowing that we were both As suffering. one body. Ethan and I are what's known in the business as man-sick. Do you know what man-sick means, can you, Ethan? Can you tell me about man-sick, Patrick? It's like it's in the same vein as man spreading and mansplaining. Okay. Um, no, I don't know if it is, but a friend of mine, a f- my friend's mom in high school, <coughs> I was like complaining about being sick, and she's like, "Oh, you were man sick," and I was like, "What?" And she was like, "That's when a man does not get sick like ever, but once every four to five years. But when he does, he's a big old baby." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yes, that yeah, was me for the past me. three days. I was a big old baby, and you know what? I'm not ashamed to admit it." Yeah. I was a big old baby. I I was so I don't know what to what to call it. I don't know if I had so I was sick right after Thanksgiving, if you'll recall. And it was that oh, was yeah. that was much more of like a head cold, like I had a headache and runny nose and sore throat and it was all up here. But then I went to that wedding in College Station. Oh yeah. And <laughs> I think my immune system must have been weak or something and I was with all those people and I was dancing and I was at the bars and I was doing a lot of driving and I was didn't get a lot of sleep yeah traveling and then and then no sleep, and plus yeah. it was like finals week for the students so I was staying up really late with them hanging out studying like doing all that stuff so I didn't, wasn't getting a lot of sleep I was already not feeling well and then I drive to come home and I'm like oh man I don't I don't feel good again but this time it was like instead of being a head thing I still got the cough from the old thing, but I had this new, like, I had the chills. It was very, it was shivery. Oh, yeah, we talked about that a little bit, where it's like everything in your body is 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 hot, except for, like, your hands and your feet. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I literally laying in bed covered in blankets, and I was sweating because I was so <laughs> hot, but I was still, like, cold at the same time. And I felt like I wanted to simultaneously jump into a furnace and also the snow outside. What is needed then is... An icy hot pack sponsored by Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, that's exactly what's needed. You just got to rub that on your hands, rub that on your feet, rub it on your face, every other sensitive area of your body. Oh, great. I've never used that stuff. Is I, that is that stuff good? I, well, if Shaq uses it. if Sha- That's true. If Shaq, Shaq can't lie to everyone. All I'm saying um, is that I got I to gotta find a different multivitamin, multivitamin because the Centrum <laughs> Silver for women over age 55 is not really doing it for me anymore. <laughs> for some reason, I don't think I fit that target demographic. I know. And yeah, I think it's coming to bite me in the butt. <laughs> I'm not really getting the nutrients that I need. 
But yeah, my sickness like randomly overtook me like a thief in the night. It didn't like uh. slowly crescendo. It just like, well, bam, there it is. Yeah. And um, yeah, my my cold is the kind of cold that's not a cold, and you can't talk about it because it's all in the below the neck area. Oh, so we're just gonna move on. But you know, below tis the, the season. Tis the season. Are you? It leaking? was tummy stuff. You it leaking, was tummy bro? stuff. I was leaking. <laughs> It was pretty bad. I I made I made the I made the adventurous journey on Wednesday when we were supposed to record. Uh-huh. I made the adventurous journey out of my house down the road to the Rite Aid to get some Pepto Bismol. Uh-huh. And let me tell you that that short five minute trip was Pepto Abysmal. Oh, ooh, <laughs> ah. goodbye. I made that joke while I was still sick, and I laughed a little to myself, and then my head started hurting, and yeah. I was like, "Gosh dang it, I can't laugh." Yeah, I'm, I'm so. Not so that's where we're at. We're just a couple of sick boys here on the podcast. But listen, all I'm all I'm saying is, and I guess I can't say this for Ethan because he's not better yet. At least we're getting this over with now. Yeah. Before SLS 2020, which we haven't been promoting on the podcast as much as we should be. We've talked about it every week for the past month. Really? Yes. Maybe I just because I accidentally talked about it, not purposefully. I think you're just hyper conscious about doing everything we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's that's me. I'm I'm a contractually obligated person. I that's I follow fair. the rules. I when it comes to rules, I know about them. <laughs> I know Ethan Stevie. That's the Ethan Stevie way. <laughs> Ethan Stevie well, way. Well, welcome to the Crunch, everybody. This is so exciting. I know we've I know you've already been welcomed, but I'm so excited that you're here. We got a great show for you today. What is, what is what's going on? What's happening? We got this we is got, not this is not normal. <laughs> we got you, John Mulaney on. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you're just, I'm drinking out of my world's greatest mom mug. You're grifting. I'm grifting. <laughs> I don't. To, I don't know. You what, mean riffing? I don't know what grifting means. No, grifting means you you're taking you're scamming money from old ladies. You're grifting, grifting. You're grifting content from me. I've already welcomed the audience. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, as I said. <laughs> SLS 2020. Oh, that's what it is. Um, we're going to be selling crunch stickers. So if you want one of those bad boys, come on over, see us, and we'll get you one of those. I'm going to figure out how to, I'm going to figure out how you guys can buy them online and get them shipped to you without us having to do any work. So we all remember the t-shirt fiasco. That's never going to happen again because I learned from our good friend, Matt over at the Catholic card game, how to do business. How much does each sticker cost? Um, do you want to just say that on the podcast? Well, it's not a secret, is it? Oh, how much the stickers cost? Yes. Got it. I Okay. Yeah. The stickers are $3 each. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. $3 each. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I can I can deal with that. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you can have as many as you want. I can have as many as I want? Yeah. I'm not going to make you pay for stickers of a brand that you helped create. That's true. That's not... Yeah, this is this is the this is the only this is the only like shareholder benefit that we get from. <laughs> it's just stickers. <laughs> Controlling stock. Yeah. Do you remember when we bought ten thousand business cards? Do you remember when we bought ten thousand business cards? <laughs> we were young and we were excited. That's an obscene <laughs> number of business cards. I still have them. <laughs> I do too. I still have what boxes. What do you do with them? I have here's the thing. I have one case left. I had to yeah. throw away two of the others. I also have a sleeve of those little like circle stickers we bought uh-huh. for our first ever focus conference. We didn't go as like we didn't go. We weren't recording. They didn't do that back then. I think they did that the next year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. 
so we didn't we didn't go back then as like podcasters but our good friend lisa cotter shout out lisa set us up for like a walking sponsorship where essentially like because we already paid for the conference they instead counted our money as sponsorship money Mm. so we were able to like hand out ads for our show and we would just walk up to people go hey do you like podcasts yeah sure well you would love this one the crunch and that's how we got like a ton of our listeners some people come up to us still and say the reason i started listening to your podcast was because i found a card on the ground at seek so those are and we bought ten thousand of them and we never gave all of them out. We bought ten thousand because there were ten thousand people at Seek and we were like, obviously we're gonna get them to everybody, right? No, I don't know what we did. No, that's what it was. That's what you said. <laughs> I was listen. I was excited. Me too. I was a bit overzealous. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it it seemed to have backfired a little bit on us, and we've learned since then. We've learned. Did since you then. know? We have a ton. Here's yeah, a, here's a little nugget for the audience. Did you know that? When we record live at SLS 2020, we're going to be sitting inside of a van. Yeah. I still am not entirely sure how the logistics of that are going to work. Like, are we sitting in the driver's and passenger seat, respectively? Because I call dibs on driver's seat. You have to sit in the passenger seat. I call shotgun. That's fine. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Or is it like, is one of the doors? I think it's going to be food truck style, where it's like Uh, the window is cut out. Okay. Because they have to have room for four people. We have to be able to see the audience. Yeah, because I I think the back of the car is going to be intact, but the front of the car is going to be open. That's the way I picture it. That's what I'm hoping. But I think the fact that we're going to be in a van is even funnier, because then we can yell at people passing by and say, hey, kids, do you want a free podcast? Oh, gosh. Absolutely. We have to do that. That's gonna be that's gonna be the main bit. That's gonna be the main bit. <laughs> Are think do you think we're gonna be the only ones bold enough to make uh, thinly kidnapping veiled jokes? At the- <laughs> kidnapping jokes. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think because Catching Foxes isn't there this year, we have to do it in their stead. Yeah, we have to hold up the banner. Yeah, while they're gone, while our dads are gone. I'm looking forward to that. It's 9 p.m. December 31st. If you're going to SLS, I would love it. We need to start doing this. If anybody's going, you need to reach out to us so that we can make sure that we meet everybody. Yeah, if anyone's going, you need to reach out to us. And if anyone sees us, you need to stop us. Yeah, we had a situation like, when I was at this wedding in College Station, and one of our listeners, Camille, Camille, Camille. Uh, we're very frustrated with you. <laughs> she, one of our patrons, but also now one of our mortal enemies. One of our Camille. mortal enemies. She saw. She's like, she posts on our patron page. She's like, I don't know if I just saw Ethan or a guy that looks like him wearing a K State polo in College Station. I'm like, who else would be wearing a K State polo in College Station except me? So she didn't. <laughs> yeah, no one else went to K State. Jeez. No one else goes there. So, long story short, if you see me, interrupt me, say hello. I'm will not be upset. I will rope you into the conversation that I'm already having. You will not upset me. Same with Patrick. We're both very yeah. good at not being mean. I think. Ethan and I are talk to people and each other professionally, so you will not feel left out of any conversation if you walk up to us. Exactly. We're like we're like social sponges. We just take everyone into the group. That's what we do. I don't consider myself a sponge. I feel like I'm more of a sled driver where I'm dragging hundreds <laughs> of people behind me on an on an Iditarod race. You're you're the front dog and you're just going. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're gonna be there with our little brothers too. So my brother was not will not be there. Your brother's not gonna be there anymore? Nope. He never was. Oh. Wait, what? You never you listen totally... when I talk. No, that's true. You said he was. Someone someone go back in the tapes and listen to Ethan saying that his brother was going to go to SLS. I said maybe. Okay. Yeah, well, Nick's going to be there. So if you want to meet my little brother, hey, my taller than me little brother. Huge shout out. He's our boy. If you want to meet my disciples, hang out with me. Hey. <laughs> They're great too. 
So, man, this is great. Everyone in my family uses uh, my Amazon for everything. And so I'm getting everyone's Christmas notifications. So I know what everyone's getting for Christmas, except for me. Somehow. Really? So that's good. Yeah. Christmas shopping is so stressful when you're sick and you can't leave the house. <laughs> Christmas shopping is so stressful when you realize that Prime doesn't work close to Christmas. Yeah. It's like the one time of year you need it the most. I was going to get away. something for my dad and I saw it and it was like, this will arrive by January 5th. And I'm like, what the oh, heck gosh, are you even it. good for? Dang it. This is all Amazon Prime. Only good for birthdays. Boing. Boing. But yeah, I, I was I bought I bought Phoebe something through this like printing company and it was like you have to pay us ten dollars if you want this here by christmas and i'm like you jerks fine and, you and i gave it. them i gave them ten dollars well yeah done. but i'm doing all my other christmas shopping at target Target. <laughs> oh we can't talk about what we're getting our family because it's, this one's gonna come out before christmas yeah exactly it's gotta be a anyway so i hope we got some we got some christmas themed stuff for you guys let's get into the hot take time machine all right i'm ready do a do a christmas themed hot take time machine <laughs> you're not full of the christmas spirit <laughs> Your sickness has drained all of the holly and jolly out of you. I can only do what I can do. Hot take take time machine. machine. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. The Hot Take Time Machine is the part of the show where we take a deep dive back into our social media posting history. If you have a hot take... If you have a hot take five years or older, send it to us over at info at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan, do you have a hot take for us? Oh, boy, you know that I do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is like yin and yang with our energy. Sorry, levels. I'm really trying as much as I can, <laughs> but, like, my vocal range is restricted to exactly one register because of all the coughing that I've been <laughs> So even if I wanted to convey more excitement, I couldn't. Just keep that little twinge of a smile in your face. I, that helps. I'm going to frown. Put a pencil between your teeth to keep you smiling. See? It'll work. Look. Do you see it? So here's a tweet that I did about five years ago. December 21st, 2015. It's a little bit newer, but it'll be okay. For the pur- show our rules. For the purposes of this podcast. I make the rules, so I also get to bend them. <laughs> um, if people actually sent in hot takes, I would be more strict on it. But since nobody sends us anything, then I feel like I can break whatever rules we make up. That's fair. We do have a hot take. <laughs> oh, great. Um, this is a great tweet. Um, very classic, Ethan. Wanted a nice Catholic lady to bring to Christmas Eve mass. Must be willing to enjoy cookies and nog afterwards. DM with inquiries. Oh gosh! Oh, ooh. nine retweets, so one hundred and eighteen likes. Oh my gosh! Uh huh. Who's that's who's right. laughing Bro-possel, now? Who? Propostle did so much better back then than I did. Yeah, man. because I had, like, I, my face retweets. wasn't attached to the to the account. <laughs> man, oh, if that was tweeted now, that'd be so creepy. If I tweeted that now, I would get canceled quicker than I did when I suggested that people shouldn't wear headphones. <laughs> but Ethan, right now we're wearing headphones. <gasps> Did I make that joke last time? Probably. Probably. Um, yeah, that's creepy as heck, but that's also really funny. That did, did are you a, are you an eggnog fan? I I was. Yeah. I think I don't know why I liked eggnog so much when I was a kid, but as I got older and older, I would drink it and be like, "Why did I like this?" Why well, like this isn't this isn't very good. good. Dude, I think eggnog was only ever supposed to be something that you drank with like bourbon in it. Really? It was only yeah. sp- it's supposed to be like that. What do you call the the margarita mix? Jose Cuervo. 
Yeah, Jose Cuervo eggnog. You don't... That's very popular no, no, down no, no, south. No, 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 you know what? Like, sorry. <laughs> like, you don't drink Jose oh, Cuervo yeah, by yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jose Cuervo, you put into, yeah, yeah or teal, teal into. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. that's what I so. meant. Not you put Jose Cuervo <laughs> in eggnog, although I would try that if somebody proposed I would, proposed in a heartbeat. Me. But yeah, I, I haven't I haven't actually <laughs> tried I think I tried alcoholic eggnog once. How was it? Last Christmas. It was okay. Really? It was okay. Well, the the thing that they that we did was we put um we had to put white rum and amaretto in it. Uh. And amaretto is an almond based liqueur for those of you who are not liqueur. And it's really good. Oh yeah. It's really good. You ever had an amaretto sour? I, it's awesome. I go off on an amaretto sour. Mhm. That's a go-to wedding drink. I man. think something uh to note in the replies of this tweet a couple of uh, pretty famous, very thirsty girls, pretty famous oh, no, okay. people popping up. My mother, uh-huh. um, replying at Propostle, I'm available. So that's adorable. She wants to hang out with me. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, at end of days, woman, Rye McCatholic, aka Riley, aka the oh, yeah? producer for, or not the producer, but the assistant for clerically speaking, replied. This tweet is about to get you so many dates. Um, Riley was a big fan of ours back in the day, and then she unfollowed both of us because we unfollowed her. Wait, really? Yeah, apparently. I mean, I must have just missed. I was supposed to like not realized who she was. She and still follows her. me. Well, yeah, because all is forgiven now. Oh, because we know each. We know her in real life. Mm. Oh, you don't know her in real life. Not really. I, know I her met her life. once. I met her at Seek twenty seventeen actually. Oh no way! When she had short hair. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, now I, I see her often because she lives in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Which is where all cool Catholics live. If you want to be a cool Catholic, move to Pittsburgh. If you want to be a cool Catholic, submit a hot take to info <laughs> at thecrunchcast.com. Uh, Pat, I would like to hear your hot take. Okay, okay, okay. Please. So this is a classic um, actually Patrick tweet from back in the day, December 24th, 2014. A true hot take. Okay. Technically, if Christ was born at night, then his birthday is tomorrow night. But hey, you know, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. Wait, which day? So it was on. It was on December twenty fourth. I tweeted, "Well, if Christ is born at night and he was born on Christmas, then he must have been born twenty four hours from now at night, not tonight. He wasn't born on Christmas Eve. He was born on Christmas." Because I wasn't like I wasn't thinking midnight counts as the next day. Mm-hmm. I was like, if he was born at midnight on Christmas, it must have been. But you yeah. don't even understand yourself now. No, I don't understand myself now. But this is this is the biggest <laughs> um actually tweet. I have a I have an even better um actually for next week's episode oh. because I feel very strongly about the end of the decade. Oh good. Oh yeah, that's coming up too, huh? I cared. No, it's not. I cared a lot about how time worked when I was a kid. I was like, no. Midnight starts the next day. And now what do you think? I still think that. Well, that's not wrong. No, but I was I felt very strongly about it and people would contradict me and I'd get mad at but, them. But why is it wrong? What's there to contradict? It's wrong to get mad about time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's wrong to get mad about what when the day starts. I'm just, there's that's like what's there's wrong. so many levels of this that's going on right now of like when was Jesus actually born? Does it matter if he was born at day or night? What if he was born on the night of Christmas Eve? Does it really matter his first full day of life, Christmas Day? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, nighttime kind of encompasses two days if you think about it it's like night starts and then another day starts and then night continues and then day starts 
Yeah, so it really is so not if fair. He was born, if he was born when it was nighttime, well, that doesn't matter. I think, they, <laughs> I think Mary and Joseph just said evening prayer before she gave birth, so it counts as the next day. Oh, it counts as the next day. That's probably yeah, what it was. That's, that was the rules. <laughs> that's the rules. Okay, and we also have a hot take from Nathaniel Winans. Um, oh, shout yeah. out, Nathaniel, a good patron. Uh, December 17th, 2011. He emailed me this, and he said, I was Ben Shapiro before Ben Shapiro was Ben Shapiro. He said, opinions are not facts. And then his friend Taylor, with, an, with two A's, replied, true dat. <laughs> true dat. Remember when you were edgy and more conservative than all your friends, and you just posted stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. We all kind of went through that, didn't we? Yeah, we were all like, I'm not like most kids my age. I think about things. And it just ended up you parroting whatever ross perot yeah, was saying on the news yeah and then all your other friends were like i'm not like most friends my age i think about other things and they to be clear know, just, i don't know who ross perot is so don't quote me. yeah i don't actually know who that is either <laughs> that name sounds familiar yeah, in sound, line with sounds like sounds like something name. that could be accurate if i wanted to really know henry ross perot an american business magnate billionaire and philanthropist and politician yeah he sounds like he'd be a republican Electronic data systems from Texarkana, Texas, died July 9th, two thousand nineteen. Oh dang, dude! So oh. now we feel really bad. Pour one out for Ross Perot. Pour one out for Ross Perot. Yeah, he was a former presidential candidate. I don't know for what party. Probably independent. Yeah, he was an independent. All right, moving on. That's it for Hot Take Time Machine. Now it's time for Crunch on that. Crunch on. Welcome to Crunch on that. Keep doing. Do the theme song. Welcome to Crunch On This. It's time for you to crunch on this. We're going to lose listeners by the minute. <laughs> if I keep doing this. All right. <laughs> did you see someone Did you see someone deleted Patreon money? Oh, really? Because, yeah, someone deleted Patreon money because they didn't like the rebrand. Well, sucks. And that person's name, Father Anthony Sherrod. No, I'm just kidding. It was someone else. But People are going to delete money because I'm so low energy this episode. Yeah, people are going to like it's going to like be like when the when the stock market crashes, it's like, you know, something goes something goes bad in Spain and everyone just starts selling their stock immediately. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Just with give me a couple crunch. days, folks. Give me till Sunday. We'll record yeah. another episode. We'll be back. I know I know you have to wait a week between episodes, but like listen, we only got to wait 2 we days. So it doesn't really days. affect us that much. Yeah, which who knows if I'll be better in 2 days. <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned something earlier that I want to talk about. Mm. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas, Christmas time, everybody. So that means that means that we have to here. talk about Christmas things. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a song earlier, Christmas Shoes. Yeah. And I need to talk about Christmas Shoes. Okay. Strap I think in, Christmas folks. Shoes. I think Christmas Shoes is the worst or the funniest Christmas song ever. I've, because I've it's either it. a... You never heard Christmas Shoes before? No. Well, now you're not going to think this is funny. Well... It's about a little boy who goes to the store, and it's sung from the little boy's perspective. Okay. And he's like, sir, I don't have enough money to buy these shoes. Uh-huh. And they're for he's my like, mother. She's yeah, got, they're for his... She's got rickets. Pretty much cancer, <laughs> but yeah. And um, Rickets is like <laughs> More of a modern illness. <laughs> yeah. So, so yes, it's like shoes for his mom. She's dying of cancer, and he wants her to look beautiful, right? And... Um, He's singing this song in the store to the store clerk, and the guy right behind him in line buys the shoes for the boy. Uh-huh. And it's either a really cute story. Yeah. It's either it's either a shameless attempt 
to uh, to try and elicit some kind of emotion from people because it's got everything. It's got a little kid. It's got a dead mom. It's got an act of 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 philanthropy, right? Or it's one of the best cons that I've ever seen pulled ever. Why would it be a con? Can you imagine? The lyrics go like it's like, "Sir, I want to buy these shoes for my for my mom. She's dying. Your mom wears size eight Jordans." Uh, <laughs> hurry! Not much time. <laughs> So that's that's my that's my bit on the Christmas shoes. Thank you. If you've heard the Christmas shoes, you know what I'm talking about. They, do they say size eight Jordans in the song? No, but that's my little addition. So you're just guessing that the kid is lying. No, I'm get the It's the only it's the only way that the song redeems itself in my. It's one of the worst Christmas songs <coughs> of all time. It's like on a list. You know the what the Christmas worst Christmas song is? Grandma got run over by reindeer. I really don't care. I think they're all fine. Wow, how egalitarian of you. I know. I think the best one, one that I will never get tired of. You ready? Yeah. Last mm-hmm. Christmas by Wham. I could play that <laughs> I could play that on repeat for days and not get tired That's of it. That's so good. Last Christmas. I just uh, it gets in your I head and you just <laughs> mm, you're grooving and you're moving Oof. and booving. And you're like I've never been heartbroken on Christmas, but heck yeah. But I'm ready for it when it comes. I'm ready for it. That's how I felt about Amnesia by 5 Seconds of Summer. You know that song? Uh, Patrick, I want to I want to set a precedent for the rest of this podcast that whenever you ask me if I know about something, the answer is going to be no. Man, it's the worst because that's like that just derails the entire conversation. Well, it's not. You didn't you tell know? me to prep five seconds of summer knowledge. No, you're right. It's not your fault. It's our fault well, as you, a team. So why are you yelling at me? I don't know. I, this is supposed <laughs> to be a Christmas episode. Well, would it be Christmas without two people you love fighting? <laughs> Wounds. <laughs> this is a real Christmas podcast. We're gonna yell at each other. Yeah, I. Uh, and then we're gonna give each other presents. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to talk about Christmas a little bit. Last year we had a very famous episode where we talked we about the incarnation. Um, oh yeah. That assuredly is better than this episode. <laughs> Oh, I can you'd be, guarantee you'd be so you it's going to be better, better off going back and listening to now what um, instead of <laughs> this podcast. But I I was thinking about that and like reflecting on like, wow, we kind of just went all in on the incarnation and what it means for God to become man. And here I am. And I was thinking about that. I was like, because I was <coughs> I heard something. Somebody was talking about suffering and about how we, we need to unite our sufferings to the to Jesus on the cross. And that's how. He will perfect us and all these things. But like when I was sick this week and I was laying down feeling like I was about to die, the only thing I could think was, I'm about to die. <laughs> so, And for some reason that didn't – oh, I was in the same spot. But for some yeah. reason that didn't make me like I need to prepare myself for death. It was, this is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is so interesting because we yeah. talk all the time about how like, oh, we need to be prepared for death and like – God can can give and God can take away and like if he gives us sufferings then like that's the way he wants to sanctify us but then I'm sick for three or four days and <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> as begging Jesus like please take this away so I can stand up please take, <laughs> I just really want to stand I just want to I want to go I want to go to the to the coffee shop with my friends I was going to go to Tashi <laughs> station and get some power converters like just, just I was going to record a podcast. I'm going to record a podcast. And so when we're talking about the incarnation, right? We're like recognizing that when God became man, he takes on all of this like infirmity 
that mm-hmm. we have. And I was thinking about that. I was like, do you think Jesus ever got sick? And I was like, that wouldn't make any sense because he's God. Why would he get sick? And I was like, well, he got crucified, and that doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> I was going back and forth, and I was like, if he ever, if he didn't get sick his whole life, then in the passion he experienced all the sickness in the world. Yeah. Um, and so it would make sense for him to, like, wait for that time to allow it to all happen at once. And so I was like, if Jesus could take on all the suffering in the world and do it with joy, and I'm just out here like, I got a, I got the chills and a tiny headache, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh-wee. ooh-wee, death come now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not ready. There's no way I could do purgatory. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just, how, is, yeah. how am I supposed to? I feel like I'm such there's a no, baby. There's no ibuprofen in purgatory. Like, we joke about being man sick, about how it's not really being sick. It's just like dudes being babies. But, like, I think I kind of am a baby when it comes to suffering. Yeah. So what do I do with that, dude? Um, I think I think what we do with that is we first take a little bit of a harder look when we talk about remember your death. Yeah. Um, it's not really about like the moment of death. It's the hour of death. Right. Like that's where we, we pray for Mary. We ask Mary to pray for us at the hour of our death because that is like the hardest part. Yeah. There's, that's also why we have anointing of the sick. Yeah. It's because the church recognizes how hard it is to love God in suffering and that suffering can do one of two (coughs) things. It can either draw you closer to him or further away. It can actually like push you away or it can unite him can unite you to him you know and uh yeah i think i think there were moments over these past couple of days where i felt i felt united to christ's suffering yeah like but i had to purposefully seek it out and there were other times where i was like this is the worst i just want to die um yeah i do think it was good though because i experienced this this is a little bit of a tangent but i want to say it yeah, I, I experienced like mercy on myself because I was like, man, I can't I can't like drive all the way to Newcastle for my holy hour. But I didn't experience the usual crushing guilt and self and self-hatred when I usually miss prayer. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, that makes sense because I was in bed all day. Yeah. You know, I can just pray here <laughs> and it's not going to be the same level of mental prayer because my body is hurting right now. Yeah. And that's fine. Um. And so I experienced this, like, and still am, this, like, continuity of my last moment of prayer to, like, this new one. Um, even though it wasn't, like, consistent day to day, I still feel this, like, I didn't miss anything because I had I had a reason, you know. And so the, I, I in, in the midst of my sickness, I experienced a little bit of mercy on myself, which is good. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Hmm. But it is, uh, I guess last year we talked about the incarnation. So this year, let's talk about what the incarnation means. Oh, no. (laughs) Because it means like, it means we need we need to we need to capture all of your moments of suffering because it it helps it helps solidify our point. Yeah, we have them all on record. We all have them on record. We just need. To, I don't think I'll upload an audio file that's just me coughing and sneezing and blowing my nose. <laughs> be like Ethan's suffering, and it'll get ten thousand views, and it'll be our most popular podcast of all time. 
It'll be great. It'll get us so much money. Yeah. Um, we don't often think about the coming of Christ as him entering the world and allowing himself to suffer, like from the first moment. Mm-hmm. Like he was chilly, you know, from the first moment he was cold. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like, and then he was poor. Right. And then he was a laborer. Yeah. And then he walked everywhere. Yeah. And then he died. <laughs> he didn't have an easy life. But he had you know? strong legs. He had strong legs. He had strong Israeli legs. Strong Israeli suntan legs. Yeah. Because well, well, how do you reconcile, like, the fact that Jesus was the perfection of all the virtues with the fact that, like, he was just a guy walking around, you know? What do you mean? Like, because if you're, if you're the perfection of all the virtues, then in theory, you, like, wouldn't get tired. Mm-hmm. But also, he's a man. Like, he yeah. has a human nature, so he's got to get tired a little bit. So let's 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 drop some Thomistic Christology Lay it on right me. here. Lay it on me. I got I got Aquinas's shorter Summa oh, great. right here. He compiled this shortly before the end of his life. He was organizing it into three sections: faith, hope, and love. He fit. He he finished faith and he started hope and did not finish hope. My favorite part about this book is it ends on Thomas saying, "There are two ways we can know that heaven exists," and then he dies. And then he dies. We love that. And um, this is this is he's just like this is, he says something along the lines of like, oh my gosh, I wrote it down. I, I underlined it because I love it. Um, he gives a, he gives a first reason that we know heaven exists, and then he says, secondly, an evident example shows that attainment of the kingdom is possible, and that's where the book leaves off. Dang, which is like the most hauntingly beautiful thing of I've ever course. read. But anyway, I'm not going to look for the quote in here because it's a big book. anyway, it's a big book, and I'm not going to look for it anymore. Thank I you. gave up. Um, you worked really hard for that. I did. Aquinas says that um, Jesus had all of the perfections of human nature. So like where the limits of human nature are, like, so how fast can Usain Bolt run? 25 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Fastest man we know, right? Let's just say the fastest man ever ran 25 miles an hour. Yeah. Jesus could run 25 miles an hour. Yeah. He could. He could. Because he had the perfection of every human skill. He probably he had the most beautiful voice, yep. right? So like any quantifiable skill, he had the best one of. Right. He had every human perfection except those that would inhibit his mission. Okay, that makes sense. So he had every human perfection. For instance, he would have had immortality because a man we know was born immortal, Adam. But he couldn't have immortality or impenetrability because he needed to be able to die. Yes. So that means that Jesus could have, because he needed to be able to get cuts, right? Mm-hmm. He could he could have gotten, he could have scraped his knee. Mm. Right? So you we know that. When he we was know like that, 12, he could have scraped his knee. Yeah. But would he have? Probably, probably could have. Jesus trip. I mean, I think I think even the most balanced person could fall over. Yeah. But could God fall over? <laughs> yes, could, God could fall could over. Could God create a path so rocky that even He would trip on it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just say this is like, if he if he was running on the playground and someone fell in front of him and he tripped over but him, he would know that that person would fall in front of him, so he could jump or move out of the way. He had, he, he, like, well, yeah, I mean, but, like, Jesus still, like, had human knowledge, right? And but would he also rely had on divine that. knowledge. Yeah, that's true. So I'm like, that's the thing. I don't know where it goes. But, like, here's the thing. So, okay, so him relying on his divine knowledge for any situation that would be public would be in a way of revealing himself that he's God, okay. right? So imagine if, like, 
there's a rock coming out of nowhere yeah. from behind him. Yeah. Like someone throws a rock, and he turns around and like just grabs it. Like that one scene in Winter Soldier where Winter Soldier turns around and grabs the shield. Sure. That's what he does. He would then be revealing somehow that he has like higher intelligence or knowledge. And that wouldn't be <coughs> if he if he used divine knowledge or the divine nature in any way mm-hmm. through his human nature, that's a miracle. And he didn't do any miracles until Kana. Until Kana. That makes sense. Yeah. So he lived as a human, and he grew in knowledge and stature. So Jesus That's did what fall Luke over. Says. Jesus did fall over. Dang, dude. If we're wrong about this, I'm going to make fun of you in heaven. <laughs> I'm just going to point and be like, ha-ha. I think, no, I'm right about this. How much, how much roasting do you think will be allowed in heaven? Only, like, only in a light roast. Do you think roast. I could put you on blast in front of the entire angelic host? <laughs> Listen, if we can't continue the podcast in heaven, would, we're not actually in heaven. I, we're in purgatory. I know exactly. I was like, would anybody even listen? Would anybody even like? No, we're in heaven. Why are we listening? Why are we listening to this podcast? We've got God. Here. We're in heaven. Stupid. <laughs> God here. Hey, yo, you think we can get God on the podcast? Oh no, that's a big get. It's a huge get. That's a big. Get. Hey, God, will you promote this episode on your Instagram? Thanks. Yeah. Dude, it shout was, out for it was shout actually out. crazy easy to get God. Joe Rogan didn't answer any of my emails, but God showed up day. God just showed up. Day. He was like, I've been dodging, I've been dodging Joe Rogan's emails <laughs> forever. God's like, I that guy keeps trying to get me on the podcast, but I'm like, no. That's why Joe Rogan's an atheist. He can't get God on the podcast. Boing. I think as far as all of this goes, right? Talking about Christmas, talking about the incarnation, talking about infirmity. I uh I didn't I didn't pray too good these past couple of days when I was sick. Well, that makes I sense. I just kind of gave up, which is not not ideal. Well, because most of the time, if I, like I couldn't really sit up without feeling awful, and when I would lay down, I would fall asleep, and so like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like prayer is kind of off the table. Like, then. Prayer is really tough, and like I I'm in the same boat as you of like I could beat myself up about it. Um, or I could be like, all right, I trust in the Father's mercy. He obviously wants me to be sick right now for some reason. And, like, this is a way to learn more about him and learn more about myself and realize how much of a freaking wuss I am. And <laughs> I think that's good, right? And that, like, in and of itself, viewing the sickness and viewing the lack of prayer in the light of God and in the light of Jesus and in the light of the coming, you know, Christmas, then that, like, makes it okay. Um, not to say that if I were to go back and do it again, I would do it the same way, but like, I don't know. I think it's okay to have weakness. It's the whole point of being human. And yeah. we, I think this, we, I've been thinking about this a lot lately is like, we expect so much out of ourselves that like, there's this desire for perfection, um, that gets hidden behind like, Oh, I'm, I'm striving to be virtuous. I'm striving to be like a saint. So I'm going to like be really perfect. And then mm. when you fall short, it's like everything is collapsing. And I yeah. see that a lot, especially among men who are like really, who might've lived a bad life before and are trying to really live for the Lord. And they're striving, 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 striving. And they can't, they won't let themselves fall short. I'm like, dude, falling short is like all part of the game. Like yeah. You, <laughs> I, it's not, you, you can't white knuckle your way to you heaven. You can't white knuckle your way to heaven. Cause it takes away this element of like, I don't know. Having a relationship with God is fun. It's supposed to be light and freeing and um, yeah. leisurely. It's not supposed to be this like 
highway to hell, you know, like we're riding, <laughs> riding hard and fast f- Mad Max Fury Road kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be. Uh, an, that sounds stressful. It, it is stressful. And I'm I like, I want to grab these guys and be like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to? Yeah. Like, has anybody told you that you don't have to do anything to like be be a saint? <laughs> Like you can like just be you're missing out on like the best part. It's like Mary and Martha in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's like the it's like in abandonment to divine providence. He's like God. The beauty part of the beautiful part about holiness is that um, everything you need to be holy is right there in front of you in your life, and you just need to do what God wills for you in the moment yeah. for you to become holy. Yeah. And if that means he wills you to be on bed rest for two days and not go into work, even though you want to get work done, mm-hmm. that's what you do. And you do that well. Yeah. Because everything in your life, I say this to my, my students all the time, mm-hmm. everything in your life is laid out for you to become a saint. Everything. Yeah. Every suffering, not only become a saint, but for you to not go to purgatory. Yeah. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I, I hate it. I used to hate it when people would say like, oh, I'm a horrible person. I'm probably, if I'm going to get to heaven, I'm probably going to have to go to purgatory first. I'm like, God doesn't, purgatory is not like something that God wants for you. That's something that like his mercy allows. That's not something that's like, it's kind of permissively willed by him. You know, it's like God wants you to go straight to heaven. So let him, yeah. let him. Yeah. Uh, he All of the sufferings in your life as a result of your sin, not as a result of your sin, that's going to purify you and that's going to make you a saint. So like you utilize that. So we should, I mean that we, we, a couple of weeks ago we read, like we read the, the nine steps to holiness. Yeah. Right. And one of the parts was like actively seeks out sufferings. Oh yeah. Like actively like embraces, not seeks out, but actively embraces suffering yeah. and not an, and imagine doing that in a not unhealthy way. Like, could you even imagine what that looks no. like? I, I really can't. No. I Walk really out can't. into the street. Hit me. Hit me. No, that's not actively seeking out. <laughs> that's actively seeking out. I think he says actively embraces. Mm. That's a little bit of a I difference. would imagine that when the Joker was wanting Batman to hit him with the Batmobile, saying, hit me, he was <laughs> he was embracing. He was ready. He was embracing. He wanted to die. <laughs> Listen, the Joker's Catholic. This is canon. The Joker is Catholic. Yeah. That's, which is frightening. You want to know how I got these scars? Uh, it's communion wine. <laughs> what? Really funny joke there, Pat. Uh, we're all laughing. We're all we're laughing. laughing our way to the bank. What were you saying? Thank you for that. No, I'm just kidding. What? Um, what was I saying? I was saying about uh, about how God puts everything in your life. Yes. That you need. Yeah. Mm, I had a thought. Was it about purgatory? Was it about Mm-mm. God Mm-mm. puts things in your life in such a way that you will go straight to heaven? No, I can't remember anything. You can't I feel remember like anything. I'm about to cry. I feel like I'm a podcast failure. This is the no. Don't cry. This goes right in line with what we're talking about. Of like, I'm the only one who's ever cried on the podcast. That's true. I can't. I can't shed any tears. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to do. This is like it's even manifesting itself right now. Like I want to do such a good job at this podcast every week, and when I don't do a good job, I'm like, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the freaking I'm the worst, worst, man. And then, yeah, why? Okay, I grew up thinking that myself and everybody around me struggles with pride because they think they're hot stuff. Mm. 
but everyone I meet, including myself, thinks they're a pile of garbage. Yes. And what is going on? What's going on? I don't know. Why is why is it true that most of the people I know hate themselves? Because their dads didn't hug them enough. That's what it is, man. I don't know. I made that up. I don't know if that's it. <laughs> it's but like, mm. why do you, I used to think I was unique? Mm-hmm. We we had that episode. We had that episode like in our first year, right? The year after my car crashed, and I was like, that was like a really emotional one. And I said like, I don't like myself. And everyone reached out like, I feel the same way. And then th- that that opened up a door for me. I was like, wait, I thought it was only me. Mm-mm. You know, everyone doesn't like you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I set you up for that yeah, one. Did. That was pretty Thank good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was like it was like it's not just me who doesn't like themselves. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what what is it like? What's going on? And I don't know if it's like a product of the culture that we happen to live in, or if it's like the the attitude of those around us, right? Because like most of the people I know are. Most like the prideful people I know are like people that top perform, mm-hmm. right? Or like mm-hmm. have some kind of accolades. And those are very few and far between, yeah. right? And so the majority of the people you know are going to struggle with this thing, which is not liking who they are. Right. And even the people who have like super good high achievements hate who they are, which is fine. Um, but yeah, so where, where do you think that comes I from? I don't know. I think I've been thinking about it in the more the more I consider it, the more I'm kind of recognizing that like we might've talked about this before, but I don't know. That's fine. Nobody listens to our entire back catalog. They will never know of the, the just, this is like a a broken, a broken drum. What do they call it? A beaten horse, a broken record, broken record, (laughs) a beaten drum, beaten drum and a broken horse. And about how like, culture is so deep-seated in us Mm -hmm. which is why it's so important for like for my job like the whole point is to conquer the culture with the gospel Mm -hmm. and have the gospel be the thing that influences the culture and not the other way around but i think we were raised in a place where the gospel is influenced by the culture our self-worth was influenced by the culture. Our view of family, our view of school, our view of work, our view of everything was influenced by the culture. Yeah. And because it's just such a, it's just a juggernaut. Like there's a reason that the most, you know, profitable things are, are sports and entertainment and music and all the, all those things, right? Those are all driving like, how we think about things and how we view things and how Mm -hmm. we view ourselves. And that was like really in full swing when we were coming of age and starting to learn about things. And so it's because it's like a basic answer and this sounds really, really plain, but I think it's, I don't think we give it enough credit is because Patrick, it's just profitable for you to not think that you're great. Yeah. A, um, A man who thinks that he's great doesn't need to buy anything. Right. I mean, he buys what he needs and he goes home. But a man who doesn't think he's great has to go out and buy butter from Harry and rub it on his face to convince himself that his beard looks good. And so there's this great trick that all the businesses in America have employed and have started to employ on the rest of the world 
of like, yeah, you kind of, you suck and it's okay to suck. And like, that's, that's this, I saw a commercial today or some other day of like about this woman who it like, it like showed her in the commercial, like getting drunk and then being hung over at work the next day. And like, we were supposed to identify with this woman. And I'm like, why would I want to identify with her? Ugh, but yeah. that's the reality for so many people is like, we all, I, I got drunk and I'm hung over at work, but like, that's okay. I guess I'll just buy this thing that whatever they're selling, because I see myself as this woman. I don't know. I'm like, Oof. yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of a weird, weird thought, but there's a reason that like Jesus says over and over again, that money is not <laughs> the, the solution <laughs> that we need to be wary of what <laughs> money can do more so than almost any, anything else that he talks about. And yet we have yeah. literally an economy called capitalism, like capital <laughs> meaning money is a meaning Ism. thing. <laughs> it's like money. Thing. Our whole, it's like, and everyone's like, Oh, capitalism is great. Right. Freedom. You know, and I'm not a socialist. I'm not a contrary to what people who listen to this podcast might believe. I'm not a communist. Um, <laughs> but when you, I just got a red beard. I'm not a red. Right. Boy. But if you think about that actually, and what it means to be a Christian living in a capitalist culture. Yeah. It's kind of spooky. And I don't really know how to deal with that, especially since my vote means very little. It's much more subversive in a sense than out. It's much more subversive than outright persecution because it's like, you can't be a Christian. It's this tight noose of you can't be a Christian. And so that causes the human spirit to like fight back. But then the, it's the opposite extreme of this like openness of like you can be whatever you want. And uh, so it's very acceptable to be a Catholic kind of yeah. or a Christian kind of and also accept all of these other things. Right. It's very acceptable. And because because the law of the land is self-determination, because yeah. because the cardinal rule is I can do what I want, it's um, it's blasphemous to suggest that someone's doing something right. wrong. Um, or it's like it's... Or was I going with that? Connecting to what you were saying about that isolates people, right? That I when 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 self determinism is the law of the land. Not only not only is it a problem for like ethics, it's also a problem for the individual mm-hmm. because it's like everybody's on a deserted island, and we're all together <laughs> on an individual deserted island, and we can all see each other, yeah. <laughs> and like everybody's trying to make their own little self, you know. They're trying to build their own perfect island and everyone's like looking at each other, but they're like, I don't want to look at the other guys because I'm supposed to make my own island, mm-hmm. my own individual ideas. Yeah, yeah. You know, I if I if I copy someone else, that's wrong. Yeah. But also, I don't want to be so wrong that everyone else hates me. It's so stressful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Self determinism is so stressful. Right. If if the culture doesn't if the if the if the culture doesn't tell you what to do in at least like positive sense right it becomes incredibly stressful if the culture tells you what to do in a negative sense you can rebel against it but when the culture really doesn't tell you anything yeah and i think that's where we're at i don't know what the i, I think i think the one i think from what i just said just now my now my new opinion okay <laughs> is that the culture doesn't tell us anything okay. there's no there's no virtue signal mm-hmm. and that's a problem yeah that's why every opinion is treated with equal weight I mean, that's what Twitter is built on. Yeah, Every every tweet Everyone, is equal. It's like, yeah, I talk about relativism and, ooh, it's the scourge of the whatever. But, like, relativism can only exist when you have a 
culture so apathetic that it doesn't really care about what anybody does, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The problem, the problem with relativism is not relativism itself. It's everyone's attitude about yeah. it. It's like, yeah, okay. Whatever. We're relativistic. It's fine. Cool. It's like, you can't have an argument about relativism if nobody cares. And the reason that nobody cares is because everybody's comfortable. The reason everybody's comfortable yeah. is everybody got too much dang money. And so <laughs> like, I'm not saying we need to take everyone's money away for the sake of their souls, but no, I'm <laughs> but I'm stewardship kidding. parishes are sounding better <laughs> and better. Yeah. Like there has to be, yeah, I don't, I don't know like, cause you can't on a certain level. Like I, as a 23 year old missionary who fundraised his salary, like I can't tell anybody what to do with their money. Like I can't. I yeah. can't tell the culture what it should do and what it shouldn't do because I'm just one guy. But like you'd think that I don't know the the bishops or some people in leadership would at least just not even not even Catholic, right? Just Protestant leaders in this country would notice and see like what has happened and be like, hey, everybody, you guys all have too much money, and that's why you're all looking for meaning everywhere except for where meaning can be found. Yeah. And maybe they are saying it, and it's just getting drowned out, but that's the problem with, like, American Catholicism, American Protestantism, American Christianity. It's because it's we can't divorce it from the way of life that we've become used to as Americans. Yeah. I mean, bootstraps Protestantism is leaked into Catholicism. Oh, Absolutely bootstraps meaning like i can do it. you have to do it yourself yeah. like you have to if you if you work hard god will reward you working mm -hmm. hard and if you aren't working hard then you're going you you're don't going deserve to, to yeah this all makes yeah. sense for christmas time right because that's everyone's big complaint about, oh christmas has become a capitalist holiday blah, blah 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 and then you go out and you buy thousands of dollars worth of presents anyway yeah. Is it not our fault? It, it is. Are we surprised that the people who don't believe in God made Christmas about themselves? Yeah. Are we shocked? No. <laughs> yes. And so, like, what are the, I think an important thing is, like, what are the ways that we can use Christmas as an opportunity to, like, even in just a small way? Because the, the most important culture, way you can form culture is in the family. And mm -hmm. so, like, within our own families, point to... Uh, create a culture where something is right and something is wrong. And so, I don't know, I think for me, like one thing that I really would like to do, but I don't I don't know if I'm going to do it this year, is I don't think I'm going to watch the NBA games on Christmas this year. Even though they're like... I didn't know there were NBA games on they're Christmas. They're like the best, they like save the best matchups for Christmas Day every year. Really? Yeah. So it's like the two, two or three, Four, two or four best teams in the league are all playing each other because they know that everyone's going to watch. NBA Christmas Day, it's huge. And I'm like, last year I was really excited for it, and I watched it all day. But this year I've been thinking, I'm like, is it really good for me to watch that? Like, what is that informing just yeah. myself? And, like, do I want to be doing this when I'm 40 and I have kids, like, still watching NBA Christmas Day? I mean, I can always watch the highlights. Like, it's not like I'm missing out on anything, but... Yeah. That's just one small thing that I've been thinking about of just ways to be be different point towards something. This that's is true. why this is why and I said this before the episode started. This is why I will defend the Charlie Brown Christmas special is the best Christmas movie. Why is that, Pat? Of all time. Because it starts off with Charlie Brown going, "Man, Christmas is too commercial. It's just too commercial." And he's kind of being like He's kind of being a sour a sour sport, yeah. right? He's just like walking around like, 
wow, even my sister just wants money for Christmas. Like, this sucks. And he goes to Lucy. He's like, Lucy, I'm depressed. And she's like, well, Charlie Brown, like, you know, why don't you just, why don't you direct our Christmas play? And he's like, well, fine. And then, and then, and then. And then, I know Charlie Brown's supposed to be like a sympathetic character, but he is kind of annoying. And then he's like, I'm getting so, like, I'm stressed out trying to do this play. Everyone's all like, I want toys for Christmas. I want toys for Christmas. Does anyone know what Christmas is all about? And then Linus gives the famous monologue, which is literally just Luke chapter one, right? And, I mean, that's honestly, sometimes I think, it's it's, it's, it's worth thinking about, it's worth thinking about that as, like, that might be the only gospel that people hear over the years, is, like, people just still watch Charlie Brown Christmas and they hear the gospel, right? And it's like, it's a moment of stillness. It's like, oh, this is what Christmas is all yeah. about. It's not about me messing up getting the tree. It's not about the Christmas play. It's not about the commercialism. It's not about like this fighting this like this war against people spending too much money on Christmas. It's about Jesus. Yeah. And if you focus on it being about Jesus, all of the other stuff stops mattering. But if you focus on how all of this stuff doesn't matter, mm. then that stuff now matters yes. because you're focusing on exactly. it. Exactly. So if you focus on Jesus right then it becomes about jesus yes. and this is something that should be simple but we don't think this no, way we because we're silly that's we're silly that's, that's huge that's like the number one thing that i'm trying to like on campus get students to realize like it's just about jesus that's that's it that's the only thing it's like have a relationship with mm-hmm. him love him and do everything in light of that and then they're like but what about football i'm like okay football is fine but you because you're thinking so much about whether or not it fits into your relationship with jesus it's now you're now missing the mark. Well, what about my grades? Your grades are good. Do your grades. Get go get a degree. Go get the. But yeah. it's like make that money. The the fact that like these questions are asked of like well they, a lot of times we myself included, I see these things as an obstacle. Of which just means that I have the wrong mindset from the get go. Like nothing is an obstacle to Christ, except sin. And so it's like we can have a relationship with Jesus first and foremost, and then everything else in our life will slot in afterwards. But if we're like, well, yeah. how is this specific thing going to fit in? Then you're going to miss out on what that relationship with Jesus could be like. I've always, I've always said that what you just said, if we have a relationship with Christ, everything else is going to slot in. I've always said that, but I don't think I've known what it means until I actually put it into practice. Uh-huh. LOL. Makes sense. Who would have thought? It's not like, it's not like, Oh, just have a relationship with Christ. I used to say that about like friendships, mm-hmm. right? Like, for instance, have a relationship with Christ and all of your relationships will slide into place. Well, it's like that doesn't mean that, okay, have a relationship with Christ and then everything is going to work out exactly the way you thought it was going to before you had a relationship with Christ. The point is that when you focus on Christ, you let go of all those other things just naturally yeah. because you're like, Jesus demands everything of me, so I'm just going to give him everything. Mm-hmm. And everything slides into its proper place, whether that's in your life, whether it's in your life in a different way, or it's out of your life. It slides into place in the sense that it goes where it's supposed to because you are properly ordering your heart to Christ by praying daily. Everything else is going to order itself to Christ because you just naturally move things towards him. It's great. Soul of the Apostolate is a great book. Abandonment to Divine Providence is a great book. Interior to the Deve- Introduction to the Devout Life, great book. Read these books. I will get them for you for Christmas. I'm just kidding. I can't do that. We should have done a Christmas giveaway of our favorite spiritual classics. Well, Ethan. Yeah, dude, this is it for me, dog. <laughs> this, we, yeah, we made it to an hour, so we have, we have done literally the bare minimum of what we need Thank to do you. every week. I'm so, I, to anybody still listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> Don't be it's sorry. This, is a, this was a good episode. It's not my it's fault. Not, it's God's. It's God's. He has smited. God he has smitten sick. me. God hates me. Wants me to be sick. <laughs> That's not true. God loves me. I love him. Uh oh. Yeah, Patrick. Uh, have a merry Christmas, dude. Merry Christmas. Yeah, to everybody listening, have a merry Christmas. When if you're listening to this and it's almost Christmas, get ready. If you're listening to this and it's, it's after coming. Christmas, good job. Happy, merry Christmas. Yeah, thanks for listening to our back thanks catalog. Thanks for listening to our back Did you know catalog. Our, you know how I know people don't listen to our back catalog? Uh, our number one episode is our first episode. Our number two episode is not our second episode. Yeah. <laughs> you would think it would go in. But I think what happens is people listen to the first episode, and they, they, they do what happens when you try to like binge watch an, uh, a series like The Simpsons. Yeah. You go back to the first, like, oh, gosh, the animation it's quality so is bad. horrible. I don't want to watch yeah. this. And then you fast forward and to so the second season. You fast forward to like the 30th don't season. Know. Um. So like so I think what we I think what we got to do is we got to like put like a little a little blip from us in the beginning like hey welcome thanks for finding our podcast this is us in the future you're about to hear us with higher voices if you want to hear good quality podcasting go to this date start at this date do not start here until you're ready I think we should do that yeah uh by we you mean me no I'm, I'm I'll oh, okay. do it well in that case yeah. Whatever you want. This yeah. week's Verify 2020 is the guy. I got an email from the Mucinex Mucus guys, yeah, we, and they're sponsoring our they're, podcast. They're this we don't even need to look them up. We're welcome aboard. <laughs> welcome Glad aboard. to have you here, Mucinex man. Did uh, was there a banner made for the Department of Defense? Um, no. Oh, tough. Gosh, dang I haven't it! Been on Twitter, so. Well, yeah, I haven't. I she oh she might have DM'd it to me, and I just didn't get it. Mm. Well, that's weird. That's, that's disappointing. In any case, uh, you can find us on Patreon. I don't know why you'd want to support us. Uh, you can. Wow, how dare you <coughs> support us on Patreon? <laughs> it's really supporting Patrick. Is is what this is. The money goes to both of us. The money goes to Patrick. Yes, the money goes to Patrick. Support us on Patreon so I can pay for my wedding and. Um, yeah, a lot of really cool things. I no, I'm not gonna say that. That's the announcement of the announcement. That's stupid. I'm working on things, and I want to say that because it's about me, and I like talking about me. I learned a lot of new things, and I'm excited to start making merchandise because we tried years ago, and it sucked, and it failed, and it was bad, and I just gave up on it. But now I learned how to do it for real, like how the pros do it. So we're gonna work on getting merchandise. The pros. The pros. And by that, I mean 22-year-olds just like us who figured out how to do it when they were 16 on YouTube. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're trying. We're just behind the eight ball. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Propostle Catholic Pat, The Crunch Cast. Like us on Facebook, The Crunch. Um, Patrick, do you have any jolly messages for the people at home? And he... He wriggled his nose as he flew out of sight. Merry Crunchmas to all, and to all a good night. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.